You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. You're ready. We're going to be, we're going to continue uh, this introduction to the study. This is the last week of introduction. And then next time we are going to be getting into Thessalonians chapter number one. And the, the, the topic of this, the reason this matters is because number one is the word of God, but the reason it matters to you today, the book of Thessalonians, is because really it really kind of tells us how, about how we ought to live in the last days. And so what I'm titling the series that we're going to be doing over the next uh, couple of months is living in light of the last days, living in light of the last days. So in Thessalonians, we're reminded that God had a plan at the very beginning of the church age when he started the church. And we think about when Jesus was departing. Last week we read Acts chapter 1 when Jesus, his last moments with his disciples and those that were gathered there before he ascended up into heaven. And he just said, hey, go, keep on preaching. You don't need to, you don't need to be concerned about the day that I come back. But in the meantime, you just need to be busy about uh, preaching the gospel, planting churches. Uh, that's, that's the work of the Lord. And so uh, that's why the church is still significant, you know, and it's going to be significant until the day uh, that Jesus calls us home. That's why Jesus, think about it for a second, if you would. When you get to the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation, you get to those first couple of chapters, Jesus is addressing the churches right before the rapture. He's not going to some parachurch organization uh, ask, you know, calling them to account. He's not calling the government to account. He's calling these churches to account. He's addressing the churches right before the rapture takes place because the fact of the matter is, is the church matters and it's going to continue to matter right up until uh, we are gone, which, by the way, could happen any day, couldn't it? And I'll say more about that in just a moment. But uh, the, the, the very last words that Jesus ever spoke that are recorded in the Bible, uh, anybody remember what they were? I was making sure he didn't get ahead of me. What was it? Be, yeah, be, surely I come quickly. Uh, Revelation 22, verse 20, surely I come quickly, amen. And so when we think about Thessalonians, here's the cool thing, because 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 we're going to be talking not only about the return of the Lord and the second coming, and so we're going to be talking along some prophetical lines, but the cool thing is, is the, the title of the series is Living, Living in Light. So number one, it's about living. It's about how you live your life, and we'll see that through the book of Thessalonians. It's about how do we react. Remember, the things that are going on in our world today, God is not up there saying, oh my goodness, what do, what, what do I tell them to do now? Oh my goodness, all I did was left them the New Testament and the Old Testament for that matter. And what are they going to do now? No, God left us with everything we need right in the New Testament. It's all right here. So he, he is telling us, and we're going to learn in the book of Thessalonians, how to live. How we're supposed to be living. And then to continue the, the, the title of the series, living in light of the last days. In other words, in, in light of the last days, number one, that the last days are upon us. We're living in the last days but also in light. In other words, understanding. Now, if you don't have a great understanding about the second coming of Jesus Christ, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that don't have a great understanding about the second coming of Jesus Christ. But we're going we're gonna to learn to live, and then we're going to learn about the last days, and we're going to learn about the second coming, so then we can have light and understanding about 
uh, the coming of the Lord. We'll not be setting any dates, I promise you that much. Uh, but we will learn a lot of these things through the book of 1 Thessalonians as well as 2 Thessalonians. All right, so Jesus promised He would return. Does anybody know a reference besides Revelation 22 verse 20? Uh, get ahead of the smart ones. Uh, anybody know a, another reference uh, where Jesus said He would come again? Whether it's the whether it's the whether you can give the book and ch chapter and verse, or if you can just quote or paraphrase where Jesus said He would come back again. All right, John fourteen, and then verse number three. And anybody try to quote it? There we go. We can do it pretty easily tonight, can't we? Ah, He's hiding it again. Anybody want to try to quote it? Amen. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. What a wonderful promise. Jesus is coming again. Uh, we have His promise. Luke 12, 40 is another one where the Bible says, Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. And we'll say more about that one in just a moment. So as we get into the book of Thessalonians, I mentioned last week, Acts chapter 1, and we read through those passages, but I feel like when Jesus said, here's what you need to keep doing in the meantime, I believe that 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians answers that a little bit. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, yes. But then it gives more details about how we ought to live our lives, how we ought to be treating our families, raising our kids, treating one another, treating our uh, wives and husbands and so forth. Um, listen, we keep just doing the right things until He comes. Because the thing is, is it's very practical throughout the book of Thessalonians as we talk about it. We'll see this as we go on, but I'll just give this to you quickly. Chapter 1 of Thessalonians is going to unpack the great theme of the Lord's coming in relation to salvation. Salvation. Chapter 2 is going to uh, show us the Lord's in, in, coming in relation to service, how we serve the Lord. Chapter 3 relates to our sanctification in the light of the Lord's coming. Uh, in other words, man, this isn't the time to get caught up in the wickedness of the world, is it? This isn't the time to compromise uh, our, our morality. It's not the time to compromise the truths of God's Word that we live by. So there's something to be said of our sanctification. Chapter 4, it, the Lord's coming is revealed as the surety of the resurrection of our loved ones who have died in Christ. And then the last chapter deals with the safety of the believer in the days of the wrath of God that precede the second coming of Christ. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, today there's a lot of people that scoff at the idea of Jesus' return, right? There's people that either don't think of it at all, but some people that do would scoff at the idea that Jesus is coming again. Uh, and many believers, I believe today, are doubting and are at the very least questioning the return of the Lord in the New Testament. There's one thing that's really, really interesting. I told you the very last word Jesus spoke to the church was, uh, what was it, behold, I come quickly. I think that's what Doria said, uh, uh, surely I come quickly. But four times in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, hey, I come quickly. I come quickly. I come quickly. Uh, well, do you ever feel like Jesus has a different idea of quickly than what we have? Uh, he said that 2,000 years ago. I come quickly. Um, and so uh, you, you can, it can just raise just honest questions sometimes. 
But the skeptics and the doubters share the same conclusion. There's a couple of things. For one thing, has it, this is a dangerous question, has anybody in here ever actually seen a rapture take place? All right. I was looking around for those with more of a charismatic background. Um, but I've never seen a, a rapture take place. I don't think any of us have. So therefore, hey, there's going to be a rapture. This is where we're starting with the second coming, and maybe I'm doing this a little bit backwards. I mentioned it last week, uh, uh, and that's why I'm not going to mention a, a bunch about it tonight, even though I kind of plan to. Anyway, I move my notes around. But, uh, but basically, we had talked about last week that when we talk about the second coming of the Lord, one of the important things to know about the second coming is that, uh, that, that you could say it's in two phases. Uh, that's the way I phrase it oftentimes. Some people just call two totally separate events, which they are. Uh, but when we talk about the Lord Jesus coming, uh, what are the two that we talk about that seem to conflict, that seem to contradict if you didn't know any better? Yeah, so the, the rapture and the coming. Because a lot of people... Myself included to a certain extent, I generally don't refer to the rapture as the second coming that often just because I think it can be confusing. But a lot of people will refer to it in the second coming, and I, I don't think it's the best terminology, uh, but they're not, they're not confusing anything in their minds. They just call it the second coming. So somebody else help me here. So we got the, the rapture, then we got the second coming. What is distinctive about those? What does Jesus say or the scriptures say about these two that conflict? That sound different. Yeah. All right, so the rapture, and then Dory already said the second part, the rapture, it's just like what they saw in the book of Acts. It's Jesus, remember, he went up and he said to the church, and this is important, he said to the church, the way you've seen him go out, you see him coming, going out, and he's going to come back in the clouds the way he just went out. All right? So that's what he said to them. But then... And, th and then Doria said earlier that the second coming is when Jesus actually steps foot on Mount Olivet. The, uh, we're not setting dates, but we can talk about specific places. Jesus is actually going to come back, the second coming. And, and, and why, why the second coming, by the way? What was the first coming? Yeah, his birth, right? So that was the first coming. And it's also really important, I emphasize this. Sometimes I worry about emphasizing stuff too much. I, I don't do it because I'm senile yet. Uh, but I'm getting there, but, uh, but thank you. Uh, but the, 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 the first coming, the prophecies about the first coming, which we all celebrate and know came to pass, um, that um, so many of those ones that prophesy his first coming in the same verse also prophesies his second coming because it says he's going to return and be a king on the earth. He's going to be born and he's going to be the king on the earth. What well, was he literally born in Bethlehem? Yes, he does. And so the next part of Isaiah, when it says he's going to be the king, uh, the government's going to be upon his shoulders, uh, on and on, guess what? That is true too. And if you want to talk about prophecy, uh, man, you talk about the prophecies that talk about Jesus' kingdom on earth. I mean, I'm talking about chapters upon chapters upon chapters of verses that deal with Jesus' return and the subsequent ruling of Christ on this earth after his return, physical return to the earth. And so therefore, a couple other things I'll say here about this, the second coming of the return of the Lord is that the, the rapture, therefore, that's the one that you'll read the verses, hey, he's coming like a thief in the night. He's going to come, he's going to take his jewels, which is us, his church, 
and he's going to be gone. And just like that, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll, we'll be changed, and praise God for that day, and we'll see that maybe in a moment. But so, so that's the rapture of the church. There's going to be a trumpet sound, and then what we know is that there's a period. We, I'm not setting dates or times, but we know some places, and we do know some other numbers. We know, according to Daniel, I'm not, I'm not going to get into all that tonight for sure, but we know that there's a period of seven years that will be fulfilled. The Bible says there was a period of seven years that was left off of a prophecy that goes all the way back to Daniel and that continues to the New Testament. There's a period of seven years, and it's going to be a seven years of great tribulation on the earth. And so the rapture is going to take place, all right? And that could happen at any moment because here's another thing. that The rapture speaks of Jesus coming like a thief in the night. The second coming is every eye shall see him. As the lightning, you know, flashes in the east and shines to the west, you know, lightning, you, you, you notice lightning, don't you? It just catches your attention. Every eye shall see him. Well, it's, the Bible's not contradicting itself. It's talking about two different comings because when he returns to the earth, every eye will see him. He's coming back to physically, but that's going to be after the, the Antichrist rule and all that. And by the way, we're going to, something else we'll learn throughout First and Second Thessalonians we'll learn that the Antichrist will not be revealed. We learned this through Thessalonians as well as other places. I believe it's 2 Thessalonians. We learned that the Antichrist will not be revealed until after the church is taken out of the way. So if you see a video about somebody speculating on who the Antichrist is, don't waste your time unless you're just looking for time to waste. Uh, because the Antichrist will not be revealed. Uh, do I believe the Antichrist is alive and well on the earth today? Do you believe the Antichrist is alive and well on earth today? I do, because I could not believe that Jesus could come right now if I didn't believe the Antichrist wasn't in a place of some kind of power right now. Uh, so I do believe that. But there's no sense in wasting time that because he's not going to be revealed as the Antichrist until, be careful when you get into prophecy, man. It's like a lot of other things. You can go down these rabbit holes. and you can, Did you know that you could get so far away from God studying prophecy? You really can. You can get away from the Word. You can get away from God. Now, I'm not talking about studying, studying biblical prophecy, but what I'm talking about is you can just start following some wild-out wild people and, and, and they, because you'll, you'll get people that are basing something because uh, under the third, to, under the third nail, toenail of Nebuchadnezzar's image, there's a fungus. And that fungus originates in Syria. And so therefore, it must be, and I kid you not, you can just get into all these things. And, and I don't know what it is about people. And have you ever been one of these people? Have you ever known one of these people? You've known them whether you know it or not. But have you ever known people that get a lot more excited about this stuff that you can't know more than the stuff that you can know? Uh, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But, but there's two different comings associated with the second, with the, when we talk about the second coming of Christ, but the rapture and then the second coming uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, will the church, this, is, this could be a trick question, will the church see any tribulation? Listen to what I said right there, any tribulation. I'm speaking in generic terms there. I did not say, will the church experience any of the great tribulation, okay? We will not experience any of the tribulation period, any of the seven years of tribulation. Because some people hear us teaching what the Bible says about that and says, well, man, you're saying that Christians want to be persecuted or go through a hard time. Never said that. We, we very well may, and, and most Christians in the world are, 
Uh, so therefore, yeah, we may experience some tribulation, but none, not one moment of the seven years of tribulation. And again, we can get into all that a little bit more as we go on, but just putting some things out there. So, back to the original point of, be, of doubting, skeptic, maybe just not even understanding. Nobody's ever seen a rapture before. Nobody's ever seen Jesus set up his kingdom on earth before. Never seen it. But there's a lot of things that God did in the Bible that nobody had ever seen before. Can you think of anything like that? The flood. The flood's a good one, isn't it? Hey, nobody had ever seen it rain before the flood. But, and this is, the flood, by the way, is a great parallel and a great, there's great application along the lines of the flood concerning the, the, the end times. If you remember, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. And one of the interesting things about that is, yeah, there was wickedness, but really one of the big things is people were marrying and giving in marriage and blah, blah, blah. One of the, one of the things it's saying about the last days is nobody's really going to care. People's going to be indifferent. Not only are people are definitely going to be wicked, but one of the big signs is people are just going about their lives as if nothing's different, nothing's changed, nothing matters. But Noah's preaching for how many years? Was it 120 years? 120 years building an ark. You know, if you think you ever think about that it wasn't really a boat with the big rudder and everything because they, they just built it. It just needed to float. And then God was going to set it down where he wanted. They weren't out there navigating and all this stuff. It, it was in the hands of God. Uh, but nevertheless, he was building this big ark out there, uh, and it, it floated, and, and, but, but it finally rained. People didn't think it was going to rain. And we know that people didn't think believe the preaching of Noah because didn't nobody want to get on board except Noah's sons, amen, and their wives. And I'm thankful that they did, but nobody else uh, believed. But there's, I'll go back to that. But again, nobody, nobody ever, how do you think Noah felt? Uh, you know, how do you think Noah's sons felt? Noah's, daughter, Noah's daughters-in-law felt? Uh, I, I think about Jesus coming. The Messiah is going to come. The Messiah is going to be born. The Messiah is going to be born. People kept hearing that over and over again. Man, listen, when Jesus was born... Hey, those wise men were looking for him. I believe Mary and some other faithful. I believe Elizabeth and I believe Simeon was looking for him. Remember, they were looking and ready for him to come. Uh, but man, I tell you, there wasn't many people that were seemed to be really prepared for the coming of the Lord. So, uh, so we, we, we learn about these things. And, and I like what the Bible says. Look over in 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 3, and we're going to read verses 3 and 4. And we're going to get into all these eventually, but just showing you some things here. Um, verse 3 says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. In other words, there's going to be fake news. <laughs> Peace and safety, it's all good, it's all going to be okay. Then God says, No, then sudden destruction. But here's what it says about us. But ye brethren, ye brethren, here it is. We're living in the light of the second coming of Christ. Ye brethren are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Christ coming for us shouldn't be like a thief in the night. night. In other words, it shouldn't take us by surprise because we ought to be ready. We ought to be ready. We ought to have attitudes of ready hearts. So, but, but again, nobody's ever seen a rapture before, therefore it's easy to doubt. It's easy to question. It's easy for people to try to raise questions about it. Uh, there, are some Christ, there are some skeptics that believe that Christians are naive to believe that after all this time, Jesus is still going to return. 
and that all the events of the last days will commence as the Bible says. But God anticipated all this, cynicism and disbelief, and you can see this in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 3. And it's going to be on the screen, I believe, but if it's not, you can turn there in your Bible. The, the, one of the great things about turning in your Bible is you can mark it in your Bible. Even if it's on your phone, you can highlight it on your phone. But here's what it says. Knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And we'll just skip down to verse number 8 of that same chapter. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So what, you know, when we think about going back to earlier, another one of the questions, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I mean, I wonder, I, I think... I think Barb would probably be in this number. There's, there's maybe not too many of us perhaps, but there's some of us in here that have been hearing that Jesus is coming back as long as we can remember. Uh, and he hasn't come back yet. But really, that, is it, that isn't very long, is it? Our, how, as long as Barb's been alive especially. That's not long at all. But for, for others, it might be more. But, but some of us have been, you see that? See what I did there? Um, all right, so, but, uh, but, but really, you know, we, 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 it, it doesn't seem quick. All right. Then the other thing is, man, we've, when's it going to happen? We've never seen something like this happen. But there's a reason, I believe, that we see in these passages, part of the reason for God's long delay. And it got, has to do there with verse number 9, that God's not willing that any should perish. You know, God, and, and I love the way the, the phrase Chad's been using some lately, that God tries to give every person the, uh, it's not ultimate, ultimate, what, what's the word I'm looking for? optimal the optimal chance to be saved the optimal chance to trust christ to save you now think about this for a second i mentioned the flood earlier um the uh the the, the person that uh that lived the longest in the bible does anybody remember his name methuselah that's right methuselah lived longest in the bible ryan do you remember how long all right he had his hand up i just thought he was ready for a guess there uh anybody 969, Melanie says. She's confident. Uh, 969, I believe that's about seven years longer than Adam, maybe. Uh, can't remember. But anyway, that's a long, he was the longest man to ever live in the Bible. You know that tells us something? Because Methuselah's name means, here's check this out. Methuselah's name means, upon his death it will come. Just kind of a loose translation, but that's the idea. Upon his death it will come. This man lives longer than anybody in the Bible. Why? Because when Methuselah died, the rain began to fall, and the flood came. Think about that for a minute. God let that man live longer than anybody else. God is long-suffering, always. So don't, don't, don't get it. Number one, please don't say this. And number two, don't agree with the person that talks about how mean the God in the Old Testament was. Folks, the God of the Old Testament is the same God we serve today. And the God of the Old Testament is still the God that, I mean, you think about the opportunity. He gave all, he, he gave all those, those heathen, wicked Canaanites, they all had a chance to get saved. Uh, Ra uh, uh, not Rachel, but uh, 
who's the uh, uh, Rahab was somebody that took the Lord up on that. But he, but the man that lived the longest. So just just to say, all that time goes by, the flood comes by, and or, or the flood comes, and then we also know that before uh, before the flood happened, that uh, that Enoch uh, was taken out. He's an Old Testament picture of the rapture of the church. See, Enoch is a picture of you and I. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. He just went and walked with God one day, and, and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden the Bible says, And Enoch was not, for the Lord took him. For the Lord took him. He's just walking with the Lord. Somebody said him and the Lord was just walking along one day, and the Lord said, Enoch, my house is closer than yours. Why don't you just come to my house today? Uh, he was not, for the Lord took him, but that was before the flood. So Enoch is really a picture of the flood. But Ryan, you want to know what? The, the ark and Noah, they're, they're, really, they're really a pretty good picture of the children of Israel because they're going to be saved through the judgment. We're going to be saved from that ultimate judgment. The Jews are going to be saved through the judgment. And really, one of the great purposes behind the seven years tribulation is really it's the time of Jacob's trouble, the time of Israel's trouble. It's going to be a time that brings Israel back full circle again. Uh, and so we see the grace of God with the second coming. We see the grace of God with his delay. Uh, I'll read this uh, last uh, paragraph or two here. Um, I like this, what uh, Charles Ryrie said about First and Second Thessalonians. He said, The epistles are like finely cut gems. They reflect the depths of theological thought, especially in the area of future things. They mirror the pattern of teaching which the apostle used with new Gentile converts. From every part shine forth the character and conduct of Paul's missionary heart. They sparkle with the brilliance of captivating power of the gospel of the grace of Christ. One of the cool things that, we, that we're going to find out about the Thessalonian Christians is that if you remember, we studied about how Paul's time there was very limited, maybe a couple of months. But we're going to find out that, man, this church was making a great impact, but they were a people that were really motivated by the coming of the Lord. They, over, they were going through much persecution, much difficulties, but God's grace was with them. And it's interesting that Paul put them in mind of the rapture and the second coming. So, in closing tonight, I would ask the question, and again, depending on where you're at tonight, this is a good place to start. Are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready for the return of the Lord? Anybody struggle with that ever? Uh, Michael, man, Michael's hilarious. But Michael's like, was a lot, I felt like Michael did. I just didn't vocalize it like Michael. Michael did not want Jesus to come before he got married. Is anybody else like that? Would you like that, Danny, ever cross your mind? I did not want Jesus to come before I got married. That's an awful thing, isn't it, I suppose. But I'm just like, Lord, please, uh, don't, don't come till after I get married, you know. And, uh, and now I'm wishing, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, but, you know, you just have these times, and you think of other people. <laughs> hey, we're coming up on 25 years if we make it after this night. Um, and, uh, man, it's been a good 25 years. I'm so blessed. Uh, what a wife. What a woman. Trying. Okay. Um, but, no, I, but, 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 but really, because, like, like, really, it's like theoretically as Christians be like, man, I hope Jesus comes back. But then we can think, oh, man, but, you know, I kind of want this to happen and then we think well, you know one of the toughest things honestly really want jesus to come back hallelujah that really ought to be our attitude then we're like yeah but i got an unsafe family member you're right i got an unsafe friend 
Uh, it, it makes it hard to be excited about the coming of the Lord, but it ought to motivate us that, to try to reach people for the Lord. It's one of the things that should motivate us to try to reach people for the Lord as well. So, ready for the rapture, uh, are we waiting eagerly for the trumpet of God to sound, to announce His return? Come up hither. Uh, now, whether you're confused about the second coming, the rapture and all that about it, afraid, or just don't feel ready for the Lord's return, this study is going to help you and me both be ready for the rapture. So hopefully by the time this study is over, we're going to be encouraged and equipped to live in light of the last days. Uh, through our service, through our attitudes. Um, one of the great things about the more we learn about the Bible, the less afraid we have to be. Um, man, did anybody, did anybody, have you ever struggled with fears that, fears that were abated after either you got saved or after you realized that we serve a God that has the world under control? I don't know if you're like me or not. I shouldn't, shouldn't share everything about my uh, thought, especially since so many of them are pretty dumb. But I can remember for whatever reason, I had heard or saw something somewhere along the line when I was a kid about, you'll hear this every once in a while, about a comet that's going to hit the earth. And I don't know why that scared me to death. A comet's going to hit the earth and it's just going to destroy everything. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, man, I don't know why. I heard that and it just stuck in my head and just freaked me out. Anybody ever get freaked out about something? You can just agree with me whether you did or not. I, but, but that freaked me out. But you know what? I got saved, and, and, and it still freaked me out. But then I got saved and started learning the Bible. And I said, you know what? I ain't even going to worry about it anyway. Uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know how God's going to do everything. But bottom line is, I just ain't worried about it. When I know that there's a God that loves me as much as he loves me, and I, I don't know if I should start there because I might ought to remind myself of this too. When my God is as powerful and as awesome as he is, incredibly i mean beyond all imagination his wisdom his power all of that is incomprehensible and that's the god that loves me that's the god that gives me these precious promises and you these precious promises i mean man listen therefore i can go through this world with my head held high and i know there's probably people sometimes that just think i'm oblivious uh, but I'm not oblivious. I, I really, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I am about some things, but I'm not. I, I see what's going on in the world. But man, I see what's going on in the Word. <laughs> and uh, when I see what's going on in the Word, it puts into perspective that's what which is going on in the world. And when I know that, when I know, and I might just sing it here in a moment. Barb, give me. It's cut me in the range of G right quick. And I'm just kidding you. But uh, uh, <laughs> listen. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. So I'm good. Amen? I'm good. Uh, so I've got peace tonight, and you can have peace. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have to worry about our babies, and we don't have to worry about, we don't have to worry about stuff. Uh, not, not that we ought not be concerned, and not that we ought not make efforts, but, uh, but the Bible, man, I'm telling you, through, the book of, through this study, Living in the Light of the Last Days, First and Second Thessalonians, uh, I believe it's really going to help us uh, just to... Learn to live, number one, if you're not saved, uh, you need to get saved, life. But number two, live life more abundantly. That God shows us how we can live the abundant life even in the last days. Amen? All right, any questions or comments before we're dismissed tonight? All righty then. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Shane, you want to dismiss us in prayer, please?